welcome back for season two of the Excel Still More podcast. I am your host, Chris Emerson, and I'm here to encourage you with tips and strategies to help you deepen your faith, build stronger relationships, and do the most with your life in Christ. Thank you for joining. Let's get started. Welcome back. I'm so glad you've tuned in. Today we'll be talking about something so crucial, and we'll be using the Word of God as our guide. We will be looking at a couple of Bible passages that mean a lot to me, that have had a direct impact on my life, especially on the mental approach to trying to live a life without stress and anxiety, and I'm genuinely hopeful that this will have an impact on you as well. I have to say, it is 7.30 p.m., on Sunday, July the 12th, which is actually a little late for me to be recording an episode since this will release in about 10 hours. But today at the Lindale Church, I'm preaching in the morning two times, the same lesson twice, and I was preaching today on this topic, the exact thing I'll be sharing with you. And while I could just commend you to the Lindale Church of Christ podcast, the truth is I just really preached a long time today. I think the first one, which wasn't recorded, was about 45 minutes, and then I noticed that when I came back the second time with a fuller room and the live stream, I preached like 53 minutes, the longest sermon probably in the last three years. So tonight I was thinking, I wonder if I can narrow all of that down to 20 minutes, so that if someone wanted a pep talk on the topic of living without anxiety without being distracted by cares, without letting the weight of the world stop them from their walk. They wouldn't have to go work their way through a very wordy sermon, and they could get a quick shot in the arm, and that's what this is. If you are interested in the more detailed version with a lot more Bible study, you can catch that at the Lindell Church of Christ Facebook page or podcast. Okay, so let me lay four words out there to get started. Be anxious for nothing. How do those words hit you? When you hear God and his words saying to have no anxiety, to not be distracted by cares, to not allow the world to weigh you down in no thing, what do you think about that? Does that seem possible in your life? Is that a real outcome that you can enjoy? a connection with Christ so strong that none of the worries of this world can choke out who God wants you to be? I believe the answer is a resounding yes, and he will show us how. But I have to say, maybe I need to break through a barrier or two before we jump into this. Because when I say to you, be anxious for nothing, you may have a couple of unproductive responses. One might be denying that you have anxiety at all. You might say, Chris, I'm not a worrier. Catch you next week. And while that may be true for you, please be honest with yourself today. Have the cares of this world drawn your eye away from your Messiah? And are you ready to face that and let him help you? Our world is set up by the devil to distract us with things that are physical and carnal. If it's not the election or coronavirus or race relations, it's our job, our savings, our income, the health of our children, 
where life is going and whether or not I'm blowing it. There are dozens of things that draw away from the mission, what really matters. And that has been a problem for me in the past, and I am over it. And I need you to admit that that kind of being pulled, that stress where you just want to focus on Jesus, but life is pulling at you on the end of a rope, I need you to acknowledge that that happens and that God has a better way because he does. Secondly, you might say, no, I do have the anxiety, Chris. I'm not denying that in the least, but my anxiety is justified because, and then any kind of a list could follow that, because of my home life, because of my circumstances, because of things, Chris, that you could not begin to understand. If we are the kind of people who refuse to get rid of worry and stress in our lives because we think that our situation justifies it, we are doomed to a life of unfulfilled joy and mitigated potential. Let me say it again. Be anxious for nothing. It turns out that the cure for anxiety has nothing to do with outside circumstances and everything to do with Christ in you. And I hope you'll see that today. Okay, so look, if you've been honest with yourself and you are ready to get better and you are tired of how all of that feels, I've got some great news and it comes in the form of a powerful Bible passage, one that you've probably heard many times, but I'm asking you to consider piece by piece. Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. Listen to this. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That is the best. It comes from a letter written by the Apostle Paul while he was in prison. His circumstances were unfair and they were dire, and yet he opens this section by saying, Rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the nearness of God. Rejoice in the peace that only God can provide and that this world can do nothing to tarnish. And there are several definitive terms, and I'm talking about non-negotiable ones that make all the difference. Let me run you through them. Number one, rejoice in the Lord always. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. This is not circumstantial. It is not individual or subjective. God's people are all in. They use huge terms like, I will always rejoice. There is always something to be thankful for, and I hope that's something you're doing in the morning, maybe in your journaling, writing down something you are grateful for and thankful for in Christ every day something that this world cannot touch. We want to be an example of peace and hope and joy to all men. 
It's not like at church, I'm pretty cool and calm, but at work, I'm a mess. No, I want all men and women everywhere in my life to see that the nearness of Jesus makes Christians different. We process things differently. When we're sick, when it's dire, even if we were dying, we do not look at that as those who have no hope. We're different. When all of this political stuff is going on and economic struggles and people are frantic, they're stressed, they're worried, they're anxious, and it's locking them down, they're going to wonder why you are still joyful. How? We have made a decision in Christ that we will be anxious for nothing, no thing. Not a single thing in this life can distract us from Jesus Christ and what he means. And how? How do we maintain this? It seems impossible because everything, every single thing that even has the potential to weigh me down and draw my eye away from my creator, I take it to God. I pray about it. I lay it at the feet of the Lord. I do so with hope. I do so knowing that he can and will help me. I do it thankfully, and I ask God for help, and I leave it there. I leave the weight of that burden there. I love the imagery, we've used it in the past, of walking into the throne room, stumbling along with two massive cinder blocks on your shoulders, and you come to the throne, and they drop and make this huge double thud when they hit the floor, and you lay them at the feet of God, and when you are done communing with him, you walk out free of that weight, accompanied by Christ himself. And maybe the Lord takes the burden away, but even if the burden remains in your life, it is he who carries it, not you. Well, you might wonder, like, how do I get there from here? That sounds great. How do I get there? Well, there are a couple of things we said already. One of them is a sense of gratitude and recognition for all that God has done for you, and it is a great many things and ongoing things at that. Second on that list would be the willingness to go to Him in prayer early and often and optimistically. Please don't make prayer a last resort. When all else has failed and it looks like a dead end and you've tried everything, now I guess I'll go and I'll beg God for help. That's not the way that it has ever worked. Even when we are hurting, we go to Him with thanksgiving. We are rejoicing in all of the good, and in the midst of it, we ask Him to help us with our earthbound problems. But there are actually a couple of other great things in this text. Verse 8 says, Finally, brethren, whatever is true and honorable, right and pure, lovely and of good repute, if there is anything excellent, if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. Let me tell you, I've been thinking a lot about this, about managing my inputs. What good would it do for me to talk to you about living without stress and worry and concern and distraction, and then fill my day with all of those things, thinking all the time about the job situation or the stock market or the November election or the next curve that comes up or down or the potential of what might happen in the coming year and watching cable news relentlessly and reading Yahoo articles and the like, and feasting my eyes on Facebook posts left and right for hours on end, 
thinking on these things by pure information overload and then going to God at the end of the day and saying, God, what's wrong with me? I just want to think about you. I want to tell people about Jesus. I want to know your peace. And yet I'm just as disheveled as ever. And God's just kind of looking at you going, really? Let's try something different tomorrow. I've got an idea. Why don't you keep the television off? Why don't you stay off of Yahoo and take a few days away from Facebook and instead of all of the controversial inputs that lead to emotional triggers, why don't you just read my word? Why don't you read about the teachings of Jesus or the power of the Psalms or the prayers of the faithful? Why don't you listen to some sermons or biblical-based podcasts on your way to work or in the evening before you go to bed? Why don't you ask around for some book suggestions on things that have been written that have really helped people see Jesus and be filled with Him? Listen, God can provide a peace in your life, the Bible says in verse 7, that is just so far beyond anything you can comprehend. But there were two things connected to that in this verse. The first was a rejoicing, thankful, trustworthy prayer life, and the second was actually dwelling on and thinking on godly things. I believe that when I can regulate my inputs and take in more things that pertain to Jesus, then I will begin thinking more about him. I will see him everywhere. I will understand him better. His power will dominate my life. And when I open my mouth, it won't be things that stress people out. It will be the solution to the problems of this life. I've got to mention my friend BJ, BJ Jackson. I love that guy to death. He's always positive, hopeful, spiritually centered, optimistic. He's been through some things. He's just like you. It hasn't always been easy for him, but he never lets any of that distract him. That's anxiety. Pull at him in a way that draws his gaze from Jesus Christ. Every time, I can say that with certainty, every time we are together, we talk about God. He can't help it. And one day I was kind of like, BJ, like, where'd you come from, dude? You're special, man. There's just something about you that God has done that I don't know if I can podcast on it. It may not be repeatable. But you know what? I learned some things about him. On his way to work every day, he listens to a sermon. On his way home, he listens to another. This is after he's gotten up in the morning and read the Word. I don't want to lay out the numbers on how much of that goes on. I may get it wrong, but it's a lot. He spends more time reading learning, and praying than he does on his cell phone and watching television. And look, maybe that's you as well, but for some people listening right now, including the guy who's speaking, that almost seems inconceivable, but it isn't. We can grow in that direction, and as we do, as you do, things will change in your life. And here's what's fascinating about that statement. I don't mean around you. I don't know what's going to happen with the virus this year. I really don't know who's going to win the election. I don't know if your kids are going to be able to go to school and if they'll have to wear masks. There are a thousand things going on that will not be predictable. If you're sick, I'm not sure if you'll get better. 
If you're healthy, I don't know if it will stay that way. But are you ready for this? It won't matter. I mean, of course, in a sense, it always will. We love our families. We want things to go well. But in terms of who you are and what you think about and how much you rejoice and the way that you pray and your mission, your purpose, why you're here, none of those things will be able to build anxiety in you. You won't stress about them. They are minor in comparison to the indestructible relationship you have with Jesus who is right here with you. Now, a really cool derivative of that If you can have that attitude, you end up approaching all of those problems in a better way and actually fixing a lot of them, which is a really cool byproduct of Christianity. Because of our peace, it changes the way we handle issues. We're patient and kind. We are prayerful and careful, and we usually are able to work through a great many of those problems. Here's why I'm mentioning that, because that's the way the Apostle Paul closes this section. I'm going to read verses 11, 12, and 13, and it has the word I in it over and over again in a good way. Paul is talking about himself, but as I read it, I want you to imagine that you are saying it. Listen carefully. Not that I speak from want, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am. I know how to get along with humble means. I also know how to live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Isn't that awesome? Here's the takeaway. When we learn how to be anxious for nothing through attitude In prayer, we learn how to maintain our contentment and joy regardless of circumstances. That's huge. But we also learn that that ability is not our power, but His. It is the power of the Creator of the universe working on our hearts and our minds and through us that makes this possible. How awesome is that? You may not feel like you have the power to overcome stress and distraction, and fear, but Jesus does, and he's willing to do it in you. Take some time and read this text this week. You'll be glad that you did. Well, listen, I wanted to cover Matthew chapter 6 with you. That was a whole half of that big old sermon, and we didn't even get to touch it today. So let's pick this back up in next week's episode. We will base it in Matthew 6. We will quote Jesus directly and call it, Do Not Worry, and pick up right where we left off. In the meantime, by the infinite power of Jesus in your heart, be anxious for nothing. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you enjoyed the program, please remember to share with your family and your friends. Also, you can go to excelstillmore.life to sign up for emails, order the three-month journals, or just catch up on old episodes. So until next time, let me leave you with this. Whatever you choose to do today, in the name of the Lord Jesus, excel still more.